Blog Talk Radio. NASCAR driver Brad Keselowski, and you're listening to the Pit Stop Radio. (laughs) 
Good evening from Duggan Nation. Uh, I'm Tony Spain alongside the SpeedweekDigest.com's Mr. Stephen Wilson. Uh, apologize for last week. We had technical difficulties. Couldn't get couldn't get nothing going, Stephen. I don't know what happened. Internet was down and all that. But how you doing tonight, brother? I, I'm trying to make it along, I suppose. <laughs> That's right. And you just come back from a long weekend down there at Daytona and all that. But, but before we let you talk about all that, uh, the NASCAR community, again, is in awe, Stephen. Uh, on the final lap of the 60-second run of the Daytona 500, which was postponed from Sunday until yesterday, uh, Ryan Newman got in a really bad crash. And I know you and I got the... We got the note from Ralph Spinway Racing uh, probably about, I don't know, hour, hour and a half or so on the update about Ryan. He is alert. He is awake. He is talking to the doctors, but that's all that we know at this point, correct? Yeah, that's all that we know. It's, um, you know, it's, you know, they're trying to keep this thing, um, you know, close to the chest until they have something more definitive. Um, you know, it, it was a it was a an, an incredibly vicious wreck. Um, you know that car that car was uh, totally destroyed, uh, and and when Corey LaJoy hit that at full speed, um, I mean it, uh, it it tore that car completely up. Um, the you know even the fuel tank was ruptured on that thing. So I mean it was a vicious vicious wreck. It was. Um, it was, you know, it's kind of reminiscent of it's been 19 years today since Senior uh, died in a wreck uh, on the last lap of the Daytona 500. So, um, you know, a lot of people kind of hark, hark back to that and remember what happened there. Um, they remember that, you know, Senior's wreck really didn't look that bad, you know, from the initial onset. Um and, and you know this this car, you know this car was totally destroyed. But we seen Richard Petty's car totally destroyed there um, was a couple of years ago, or no, probably more than that, probably about 15 years ago. Um, you know, Bodine's truck was totally destroyed. There was nothing left of it except for the roll cage. I mean, it was fully engulfed and inflamed. So you know, Daytona has had its fair share of. Um, vicious wrecks, um, and, and you know you have to. You, know, you look at everything that you look at the way these cars are constructed today, and you know, we don't know the extent of Ryan's injuries at this point, but he's alive, and that's a testament to the way these cars are built. NASCAR for all the testing that they do to. Um, you know, formulate the safety in these cars, the Hans devices, the restraining um, belts that are in the car, the the helmets that they use. Uh, you know, it's just a testament as to all the things that go in to make these cars uh, incredibly, incredibly safe. So when that when things like this does happen, um, you know, there's there's no loss of life, and you know that's. You know, the goal is to, uh, you know, prevent those things from happening as, as much as possible. And to add to your comment, too, there, too, you hit on a lot of good stuff there as far as safety. And you mentioned uh, 19 years ago today we lost Dale 
Dale Senior, and then lap also on the final crash, on the final lap there at Daytona 500. And I could I can remember exactly where I was at. I was working a storm here at Coosa Valley Electric, and uh, we were getting ready to make a line back hot. And I had I had cut a I had cut a blivet in a primary phase there. I know you don't know what I'm talking about. But anyway, the guy on the ground uh, talked to the guy, and he wanted us to wait a minute where he could watch the final laps there of Daytona. But, again, to add to your point, I just want to throw that out there. To add to your point, uh, Corey LaJoy, we've had him on our show on multiple occasions. A really good guy, really good driver, young and upcoming driver. And he's been getting a lot of flack on social media, just like what Ken Schrader did 19 years ago with the Dale Sr. incident. And the way the accident happened, Stephen, I mean, you know, since Dale Earnhardt Sr., NASCAR has implemented the Hans Pass, like you said. They've moved the center. They moved the driver more to the center of the car, get him away from right against the driver's side door, which is where Corey Joy hit Ryan Newman after he made that flip. And like Corey mentioned, I watched him on, uh, I think it was CBS this morning. He was on the national news. I got to listen to his interview there. And he said he didn't know, he couldn't see where it was going didn't have time to do nothing, Stephen. And to some of our fans that are listening, that are dogging everybody, uh, I've got a lot of flack, Stephen, about uh, these restrictor plate tracks. We need to, when they do away with them, they just, they, you know, this ain't nothing but a wreck fest. They don't tell them nothing but a wreck fest. It is what the driver makes of it, Stephen. I'm not blaming Ryan Blaney. Ryan Blaney made the statement also that he that he was willing to stay in tow of the six car and push him to the lead. And the way NASCAR has these rear bumpers line up now, the front bumper versus the rear bumper, if you don't line up straight, if you hit on the on the inside left or the outside right, it don't line up good. It don't it don't push good. And I think this is just it's it's not NASCAR's fault, Stephen. I'm gonna take up for NASCAR and all them things I tell you I wanna uh uh dog me on social media go ahead i don't care this accident that ryan newman went through was a one of a kind Stephen. we've never seen this play out like it did with corley joy coming under newman and hitting him in the driver's side door that's probably what uh composed his serious injuries there and he's in halifax hospital down there you know we got the note earlier that he's awake he's talking that's a good sign but that's far come a long way on this safety initiative Stephen. No, I mean, they have, and, you know, for all these incidents that have happened, um, you know, even 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 the car, even Ryan Newman himself, who wrecked, what, six or seven times, um, viciously at, at Daytona, I mean, sorry, at Talladega over the years, advocated for what's now known as the Newman Bar, which is the bar that goes down the center line of the windshield to prevent a car for, or, or something coming through uh, the windshield and caving the windshield totally in on the driver. So, you know, Ryan himself has advocated for this. Ryan has, um, you know, been, been, uh, has, has been a part of the safety movement in NASCAR for so many years. And, you know, a lot of what he's done is, you take a you take a look at uh, 
we take a look at him being uh, an engineer by tr- by by trade, and and uh, he's got an education in engineering. So, you know, I think he brings a lot of weight to this, and you know, that's been helpful over the years. That, um, you know, just even some of the things that he's uh, come up with. Um, I guess you know the biggest issue is we continue to hear complaints from people about why these cars get off the ground like they do. But, uh, and I mean, Jack Roush came up with the roof flaps and the hood flaps and, you know, to release the pressure to try and keep these cars more so on the ground. And I mean, they've been a, an incredible invention since Jack started putting those in his cars and there was, which then became widely adopted um, through all the cars as mandatory safety. Um, is mentor safety gear uh, that are built uh, that are in the construction of these cars. So, um, you know, the thing is, is that when you hit a car at 200 miles an hour, it's going to come off the ground. Um, you know, there's, you know, they, the, the unintended consequences that you, you know, you, you plan for the worst and hope for the best sometimes, but you know, these cars are traveling a football field a second at 200 miles an hour. Um, and when you hit a car, as Corey Joy did, it sent him in the air, and ultimately we, we saw the, the ending of, you know, that accident with him sliding all the way down into middle, almost turn one. So, you know, you, you try and, you try and uh, you know, look at all the safety aspects and innovations over the years, and, um, you know, but, you know, we continue to say racing is an inherently dangerous sport. It's a sport that's been um, littered with um, you know, vicious accidents that have uh, maimed people and people have gone into Lake Lloyd and people have caught on fire, people have died. Um, it's an inherently dangerous sport and every driver that straps into a race car, whether it's your local racetrack on Fridays and Saturday nights, or the Cup Series on Sunday, um, you know they they take all the safety precautions they can possibly make, uh, or uh, to these cars, to themselves, fire suits, haunts devices, restraining belts, you know you name it. Even the seats these days are highly engineered by uh, Corey LeJoy's dad, who is um, you know has the joy of seating that you know he's tried to make safer seats and. Uh, the way that they're carbon fibered now with custom inserts that mold to the body of a uh, of the driver that help prevent the shifting uh, within the seat. Um, you know, that there's just a lot of innovations, and you know, it's it's kind of strange that you see, you know, a Jack Roush car with you know what he was able to invent with Ryan Newman with the Newman bar and Corey LaJoy with his dad and the Joy seating. You know, all these people have come together. And, and, you know, they, they're probably the premier, some of these people are the premier experts on, on safety. But, you know, it, it, things happen in these races, and, you know, we're just glad that Ryan was able, well, he didn't walk away, but it, 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 but he did. He, he walked away from this incident in the fact that he's still with us, and, Whatever the prognosis may be in the short term or long term, um, will be things that'll come out in the coming days or weeks, and you know we can only hope that Ryan 
uh, will be able to return to the to the racetrack at some point. Exactly, Tim. I would definitely agree with that. And uh, so let our listeners know the number to call is 215-383-3681. Again, I'm Tim Spain here. This south of this 2.66-mile monster we call Talladega Super Speedway, Stephen Wilson's right outside of the Richmond Raceway up there in Richmond, Virginia. Stephen, we have a caller, uh, one of our one of our good followers. Uh, this lady, her name's Shanna McCall. She uh, she lives in Wyoming, Stephen. She listens to our show re- religiously, and she loves everything that I'm not going to say I talk about, but she loves everything you talk about. Let's welcome Shannon into the pit stop. Tim Spain and Stephen Wilson. Thanks, Shannon, how Tim. Doing, how are you guys? Doing great. How are you doing, Shannon? Good. I first and foremost just want to send my prayers and thoughts to Ryan Newman and his family. That was absolutely horrifying. But uh, the reason I'm calling, and I'll try and keep it short, um, I have seen so much on social media from last night till tonight that the blame game, which should not be done, um, it infuriates me, and the speculation that he was passed, that he was paralyzed, that he had brain damage, he had burns. Stop putting that out there. Until NASCAR releases that, nobody should be saying a thing. Well, I was sitting in turn four at blah, 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 and I saw. Bless you. Yeah, that's exactly, Shannon. Exactly, you know. I'm gonna let Stephen answer that that question because uh, I mean you know with he and I being media, you know we, we we don't post nothing. I know you didn't say nothing from Stephen or I. We don't post nothing no. unless we get the truth from uh, one of our insiders or whatever. But Stephen, I'll let you answer that question there with Shannon in Wyoming. Yeah, I think that's just become indicative of a of a 24/7 kind of news cycle now with social media. Um, everybody armed with a Twitter account and, and a cell phone can break news at, at any at any time, and anybody can say anything that they want to say. And I think we've seen we've seen media organizations pick this stuff up and run with it without then independently verifying it. Um, it's something that we all have to be careful with. The, the more the more uh, sensitive the sensitivity of things like this uh, are, is definitely something that you don't want to go out there and run wild with speculations and you know I can read and on social media all the people and the videos from the track that you know these people are in the stands these people are in the infield whatever the case may be you know your person a person in the stands is one thing a person in the infield says something totally different and it's all perspective so you just have to be real careful and, and just you know, these sensitive matters like this and wait for the team, wait for NASCAR, wait for the people in charge uh, to come out and make their statements and give you the give you the end all be all to this because it's just you know, you, you, you just can't go out there and run wild with news like that and you know, we all appreciate all the things that people do bring to our attention, photos, videos, uh, information that they may have seen but you know, at the same time, you have to be sensitive to that information that you do get, it, and you have to independently verify it your own self as to what the truth is and what isn't. And you know, some of it may pan out to be the truth. Some of it could be just, you know, 
some person with a Twitter account and, you know, making wild speculation. So, you know, it's kind of one of those things that, you know, we deal with all the time. I think we not only just see it in our sport, but we see it in the media in general. And, you know, it's just really frustrating sometimes for people to have to kind of sit there and, uh, uh, you know, see these things, and you know, uh, you know, some of these things just go viral for no, no, no reason at all, and it's frustrating, I'm sure. And, you know, it's frustrating for us because people will will criticize us for for saying, well, why weren't you first to report it? And I think a lot of these things is you just can't be first. You have to, you have to do your job and be, be diligent in the fact of what information you are putting out there for people. Well, I know I live in Wyoming, as Tim said, but so my son and I were on everything last night trying to find out new information, anything about Ryan, and there were just so much horrible things that shouldn't have been out there. So I applaud all of the media that does say, okay, you know what, we're not going to say anything until we 100% know. Yeah, and, and, you know, that's, you know, that's where a lot of media organizations kind of came together last night and said that, you know, until we get something official, um, you saw this out of the traveling media corps that follow the sport week in and week out, and you just kind of saw them all kind of take a pause in what had happened and wait to get the correct information and put it out correctly. Um, whether that was 1 o'clock in the morning or whether that was 8 o'clock this morning, they wanted to make sure that they had the correct information. And uh, I think it just is a testament to all the people that cover this sport um, to be able to, to to do that and be diligent about it but also be sensitive to the information that they were or are putting out um, because we, we don't want any speculations out there. Uh, and I think it's just a testament to all the people that cover this sport um, for, for, for you know, being as sensitive as they were to, to Ryan and his health. I agree. I, and I, I mean, I've been a NASCAR fan for many, many years, and when Senior passed away, we didn't really have the social media like we do today. And last night, the fans did come together, for the most part, to pray for Ryan, and that just totally made my made my night because I know that prayers do work. And it was amazing to see most of the fans come together for Ryan and say, hey, you know what, I like Jeff Gordon, but I'm going to pray for Ryan Newman tonight. Or, you know, most of NASCAR world came together last night for Ryan Newman, and it was amazing. No, it was, and I, I mean, you, you really did see that, and I think you saw that too when Senior died, and we've seen that when, uh, you know, other drivers have passed away at, in IndyCar or whatever the respective uh, motorsports series that they're racing in is, you know, it, it's one giant family, and it doesn't matter who you pull for, um, you, you do go out there and uh, you take pause in the fact of what these people put on the line every single week, and uh, they may not be your favorite race car driver, but you know you you do you see the respect that people get uh, or give to these drivers um, when these incidents do happen. 
Yeah, and just one more thing. And the blame game. We, if we, if you watched the one Daytona. So many people blame Sterling Marlin and you know Rusty Wallace. You know, and now some people are blaming you know Ryan Blaney and or Corey LaJoy. Nobody was at fault. It is plain and simple, 100% racing. Everybody was racing for the win, and an accident happened. That's that's it. That's plain and simple. Yeah, you know, this 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 is uh, kind of indicative that we see at these uh, super speedways, and you know, that's the product of the racing sometimes that. Uh, you know, the way that, you know, now that we've taken the restrictor plates off and changed the horsepower and changed the aerodynamics into these cars, even the uh, even the design of the cars themselves have have changed to a point where if you hit the car the wrong way, and I think we saw it in the duels where Brad Keselowski uh, and his wreck in the duels with Joe Gagano, uh, the comment was made that, you know, these cars this year versus 2019 cars, um, the closing rate is so much different, and I think that, you know, when you get these runs on people and they're moving as fast as they are a football field a second, it really just comes down to the fact of, uh, you know, how people have to race, unfortunately. Yeah, I I agree, and I just wish the newer fans would understand that. It You know, it just... But people have their own opinions, and and I get it. And that's but that's mine. I, you can't blame anybody at all, because Corey and Ryan are probably both beating themselves up already because of what happened. But I take heart in knowing that they've both come from NASCAR families. They both know that this can and probably will happen in everybody's racing career. You know, I I remember Davey Allison's and. You know, Dale Earnhardt's a couple, and Rusty Wallace's, and, you know, it's going to happen. I don't like seeing it happen because I'm not a fan of wrecking, but it is going to happen, and I just wish the fans would cut blaming people. Yeah, you know, you just you can't blame these drivers because, I mean, we the blame game just really can't be put out there. Um, it's not the time or the place. Uh, you know, these every driver is going out there and racing to their uh, racing to the best of their ability, and none of them go out there saying, "I'm going to go out there and cause a wreck today," or "I'm going to intentionally do something." Racing is inherently dangerous. If it can happen, it will happen in in the sport of racing. You can only plan for what you what you know, but it's always that unknown factor that. You know, you, you you try and plan for, but, you know, until it happens, uh, you can't make the needed changes. And this is uh, yet another incident where NASCAR is going to go and take this car. They're going to look and pick this car apart. They're going to look at the telemetry in the car. They're going to look at all the safety gear in the car. They're going to look at what worked, what failed, what can be changed. And they're in the design process of a new car, so you know this is, um, you know, this is something where they can take this information and put it into a new car and continue to make these cars even safer as they go along. I agree. Well, thank you, gentlemen, and Suzanne. Um, you guys keep up the great work, and 
have a great week. Thank you very much, Shannon. But but before we let you go, who's your pick to be in Victor Lane there at Las Vegas Motor Speedway this coming weekend? Kyle Petty. Kyle Petty. I hear you, sweetie. (laughs) Shannon, before we we let you jump out of here, I know you and your son, y'all had started a little Facebook page. If you want to let all the listeners know where they can follow that at, you got the floor, sweetie. Um, I think it's, well, I don't know. You'd have to have Suzanne put a post. I can't remember what it's called. NASCAR's real group, ain't it? I, yep, I think you're right. Yep, we would love to have fans. Shannon, thank you very much. And, Stephen, thank you very much for talking to Shannon. Very good question, Shannon. Thanks for being a big supporter, and we'll talk to you whenever we can. Thanks for listening, sweetie. We appreciate you. Thanks, Jim. You're welcome. Shannon McCullough Paris here, Stephen, from Wyoming there. She's been a big listener for years, and she had texted Suzanne earlier. She wanted to call in and talk a little bit about that, but she's, she didn't want to ruffle feathers. But uh, like I told Suzanne, I said, you know, the like you mentioned to her, you're going to get these false reports, Stephen. There's nothing – as everybody wants to break the news first, but with you and I being media members, we always want to wait. We don't want to break nothing earlier, but uh, – for some of these people that have done that, uh, that's probably, uh, you know, it pisses me off. It's a disrespect to uh, to NASCAR and uh, our family and especially Ryan Neiman, Stephen. But let's go ahead and take a break, Stephen. I know uh, you've been talking there with Shannon. Uh, the number to call is 215-336-81. Again, I'm Tim Spain, alongside SpeedwayDigest.com. And you're listening to The Pit Stop with Tim Spain and Stephen Wilson. We'll be right back after this break. Cowboy. Cowboy. Well, I'm packing up my game and I'm going to head out west with real women come equipped with scripts and fake Find a nest in the hills, chill like Flint, buy an old drop top, find a rock for Then I'm a kid, rock it up and down your block, go with a bottle of scotch and watch lots of Buy a yacht with a flag, say you're chilling the most, then rock that bitch up and down the coast. Give a toast to the sun, drink with the stars, get thrown in the mix and tossed out of bars. Fist the tea you wanna, I wanna
David, he touched on it a little bit. You've been there for, for so much of the 25 years. Uh, the Silver Trucks this weekend, how special is this for the organization to open the Silver Anniversary with a win like this? Well, we touched on it. I mean, I think everybody made a, a huge point of, you know, we won both the regular season and the, the end of the season championships last year, but we only won one race. Over the winter, we went to work, and that was the goal. We need to win more races. And to do it, starting the 25th anniversary, I mean, that's kind of storybook. I mean, Duke and Rhonda and, and Allison Thorson have spent the last 25 years building this race team to what it is. And <clears throat> it's a very special moment for us to be able to deliver this big a win at this venue, you know, the, the world center of racing. And, uh, you know, that we check that off the box, and for all time we'll have those silver trucks in, in victory lane. They told me it was bad luck we did a uh, photo shoot with the trucks here. The track was nice enough to let us do it. It wasn't really bad luck, guys. No. <laughs> we'll go to Matt and then go in the back. Matt Weaver, Auto Week, for Grant and Jeff, one, and then one for Grant as a follow-up. Uh, when you guys were leading earlier, you guys had talked, you thought you had a good car, but not necessarily the best car, and you guys kept on leading. Grant, at one point, you said that, you know, leading's not easy. So what did you guys need more to, to make it look easy? Because you guys made it look easy at times. The, the truck was pretty hooked up. Yeah, I would still say um, we weren't probably the best truck out there, but we're very good, you know, pusher, very good, um, you know. Good job, hey, man. Thank you, George. Yeah. I know. I know. Yeah, good deal. Um, we were a good pusher and a good leader. We probably weren't a, we probably weren't a great pusher or a great leader. But, but um, from where we were, really with our speedway program, uh, last year we could push really good and we couldn't lead at all. Uh, we tried to make stuff better at Talladega and we made it worse. Um, but we finished with a whole truck. Two weeks later, we cut everything off. Um, it was a full-fledged effort um, for for us and the 99, because um, two of our trucks were really good at Talladega. Uh, we, we pretty much spared no expense, time, energy, or effort, and I uh, went straight to work after Talladega, and, and really that's, that's why me and Jeff Hensley and, and David are, are sitting here reaping the rewards now. And then on the last lap, kind of just walk me through the entire process of knowing the run's coming, Jordan gets beside you. you know, Jordan said that he didn't think he would have made the same choices you would have, but it's Daytona as well, so just kind of give me an idea of that entire process. You know, first of all, um, Ross was pushing me really hard there. I knew he was going to try something, and I knew he had a really good truck, um, and he's obviously very talented. And uh, I saw when it was coming, um, and and I, I chased him up the hill and wanted to, able to hold him off, then go back to the bottom. And I think that's where Jordan got in line with us. He actually gave us some good shoves, and then, then I knew he was holding back a little bit. And, and, and when he got to our right rear, um, Chris just uh, kind of talked me through that, and uh, and he was able to stall me out, get all the way up the hill. I was able to follow him, uh, hit him a little bit, stalled him out, and then then able to uh, the start finish line was in the exact place we needed to be. I don't I don't know if we could have held him off another lap. Go in the back. Peter Strada with TSJ Sports. Grant, two of your three wins in the truck series have come on super speedways. Do you consider super speedway racing to be your specialty? Um, I don't know about my specialty, but I definitely I love speedway racing. Um, I definitely love that the, the truck series only goes there twice a year because um, it, it is it is crazy, very stressful. Um, but I, I do like this kind of racing. I wouldn't call me a 
you know, a specialist with, with the speedways, but I, but I do like them. I enjoy here in Talladega. Um, but, you know, the meat of the season is, is a mile and a half. We had a, a heck of a mile and a half program last year. Um, we obviously got a little momentum going into Vegas now, so may, maybe we can make it two in a row. Yeah, the pressure's off for a little bit anyway. So, Come over here to the far left. First of all, Grant, or Mark Crystal, frontstretch.com. First of all, Grant, congratulations on the win. Um, with this win, you're likely locked into the playoffs, especially considering the playoff field was expanded from eight to ten uh, drivers. How does this change your mindset for the regular season? I feel like we can be more aggressive for the next 16 races, and we can also um, maybe utilize – we can't test – in NASCAR and in the truck series. So we can maybe try some things that some other guys can't at this point in the season, which I feel like can help us prepare for the playoffs. So, um, you know, I didn't necessarily agree with, with Hensley's first call. Uh, at the end of the stage, I, I wanted the stage points because I guess that's what I've, what I've been used to for last year. Um, but he kind of changed his mindset because we we really didn't do good enough last year of putting ourselves in position to win. We, we had a few opportunities and weren't able to capitalize on it, but I feel like the mentality now is to, to, to do a better job of putting ourselves in that position and uh, should help our, our odds in the win column. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely happy with that call now. Um, I definitely feel like that track position helped us. It, it helped us control the race at certain points. Um, but it wasn't everything. You know, we, we, we still had it, had to have a good truck to get it done. And, and I really feel like all four of our Thor Sport racing F-150s were, were probably good enough to win. Um, we, we had the runs when we needed them, and uh, we were able to, to stay out of the wrecks. But no more, what do I say, no pressure in or less pressure in the regular season races with this victory? I'd say less pressure for the next couple of days here. Yeah, so then we'll, until we get to Vegas. Yeah, then we'll change. Yeah. All right. We're going to go to Bob, and then we'll go up to the press box. Uh, Bob Parkris, Fox Sports. So how hard can you slam somebody on the last lap and for people to say, okay, it's racing at Daytona for a win? <laughs> you know, um, I, I, that's that's a good question, Bob, for sure. Um, I feel like I hit Jordan pretty good, but probably really square in the door, just enough to slow his momentum down. Um, and really, I was just relying on Chris Lambert for that information on, on where he was, because uh, as soon as he, he got to my right rear and stalled me out, he went straight to the wall, uh, which is what he's supposed to do. Uh, I was able to chase him up, uh, slow him down just enough, and then get out, get off of him um, after I'd stalled his momentum. So um, I don't know if I could do it again if we tried. Um, I'm just fortunate enough to, to work out tonight. Going to go up to the press box to Lee. Lee Spencer, RacingBoys.com. Congratulations, gentlemen. Pepper, what was going through your mind when Sutter, you know, turned your, your other truck and about, you know, annihilated all the Thor Sport trucks in one fell swoop? She's positive. Uh, thanks, Lee. <laughs> Way to go, Johnny. Hey, I congratulated you, Grant. You know I love you, man. I had visions of a couple years ago when uh, – on the white flag lap, I think we had four of them in the top five, and we couldn't make one good a truck out of what was left about 80 feet later. So, yeah, I was having uh, visions. I kind of turned away, and thank goodness when I looked back, there was a few of them left, so it worked out good. Um, but, yeah, it was definitely nerve-wracking. I mean, it, it, it always is. I mean, when you bring four really good trucks down here, really good drivers, and, and they have an opportunity to win, they're all going to run right there together. That's the plan. We're trying to help each other. You know that can happen, and, yeah, it's it's exceptionally nerve-wracking. But thank goodness, you know, 
finally we weren't all taken out in it and we were able to uh, get one of these F-150s to Victory Lane. Stephen, that was Grant Infinger there in the, in vitro, in the media center there. Actually, he won the next Terry Energy 250 there at Daytona International Speedway. He also won the truck race here at my home track, Talladega. <laughs> Excuse me. But Grant, Inf- Grant Infinger, Stephen, he's one of these drivers that's sort of lingering right there. He's up and down, up and down. Do you think we might see Infinger in a Xfinity car or something in the years coming? I don't know. I think that'd be an interesting concept that, you know, with Xfinity right now so, you know, so stacked as it is, um, I think he would, I think it'd be hard to find a, a ride and Ford doesn't really have that much of a presence in Xfinity, so you know, that limits your options uh, even further when there's only something like two, uh, two Ford back teams that show up on a weekly basis, so um, I don't know, I, I think there would have to be a, I think there would have to be an expansion of some sort so uh, manufacturer-wise and Ford's part uh, in order uh, to probably see something like that. And Stephen, I had text uh, Grant in finger a couple of hours ago to see if he could join us and he said he didn't know for sure, but I never heard anything back from him. So I want to, if I put anything on social media, fans, I want to apologize. Grant could not come on because, uh, I mean, you know, because he's Grant Infinger. <laughs> Number to call in is 215 Steve, Let's get ready to wind this deal up there. Uh, let's listen to what Denny Hamlin, uh, Joe Gibbs, Coach Gibbs, and Chris Gapard had to say after they won the 60-second running of the Daytona 500. Okay, we're going to go ahead and get started with our post-race media availability. I'd like to present our Daytona 500 winner, Denny Hamlin, and his crew chief, Christopher Gabehart. Um, we'll go ahead and open up for questions. Please raise your hand and state your affiliation. We'll start over here. Christian Coley, FrontStretch.com. Denny, during the, during the process of the race, it seemed like the leader was able to really rock it out in front of the pack and really not be punished for it. You know, what did you feel in the car that you really felt promoted that? Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, it, it's all numbers when 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 you get somebody pretty close to in proximity behind you or pushing. Um, you know, it's like once they break that bubble of being connected, it really shoots that lead car out. Um, and you know it's just uh, it's just kind of a product of, of, of the race package that we have. Um, but uh, overall, I thought you know the you know the race racing was pretty good. And obviously, the closing rate is so drastic uh, with this package that uh, you really got to kind of time your runs out and figure out uh, where you want to be. Okay, we'll come up front to Holly. Holly Kane with the NASCAR Wire Service. Denny, congratulations. I know this is probably. A lot to balance right now um, with the accident with Ryan. Um, just kind of your thoughts on that, and also the fact that you've now won three and, and back to back is a huge historical accomplishment for yourself and your team. Yeah, it is, and I mean, obviously, you know, not finding out anything about uh, you know the sixes wreck until uh, essentially you know, Jamie uh, told us you know no start finish uh, interview. Um, and so I, I knew it was bad. I knew, you know, him crossing the track there was, was a bad scenario in the first place. But, uh, yeah, it just, um, 
it's a it's a weird balance of you know excitement and happiness for yourself, but obviously uh, someone's health and their family's you know bigger than any win in any any sport. So um, you know we're we're just hoping for the best. Yeah, I mean, the historical side of things, it's just, um, I don't know, I need time to process it. <laughs> I mean, I i was saying actually at lunch today, I'm like, I just, I don't feel good about today. Just not because of my car or the speed, just, you know, we have, we've managed to get to the finish of these races for a lot of years in a row. And it's like, how have we just kept avoiding the inevitable, which is the wrecks? And so... Um, you know, really, we, we had a great strategy there at the end of stage one to put us up front um, at the beginning in the stage two, and I was able to kind of maintain a good track position at that point um, and, and obviously got shuffled, but uh, it worked out. But, you know, when I think about the names, and, and Chris is always quick to remind me of what a win would do here, you know, where does it put you and, and the names that it puts you with, uh, I I consider those, you know, <laughs> professors of, of racing like this and, and I'm just a guy that's you know a student and uh, it's, it's been great to, to be on the run that we've been on the last five years at this racetrack well more than five it's been you know eight years or so that we've been you know fantastic here uh, but I, I don't know I just can't fathom you know being that it's harder to win today than ever because all the cars are so close together and and with the attrition uh, the wrecks it's harder to win now than ever uh, to, to win it again, I don't know. I You know, you have to check in with me next week in Las Vegas. Okay, we were recently joined by winning car owner Joe Gibbs. Do we have any more questions? Go back here. Yeah, Denny, uh, Jeff Gordon said on the telecast that all the safety measures that have been implemented in NASCAR uh, sits since Dale Sr. passed away. Sometimes we forget that this is still a very dangerous sport. Can you address that? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you know, NASCAR has done a fantastic job uh, with evolution of race cars. Uh, helmet manufacturers, suit manufacturers, Hans devices. There's just been so much development that has come a long way. And I always think about how blessed I am have been to come in the sport in 2006 when all that stuff was really being implemented. And then obviously uh, in 07, 08, uh, the car tomorrow came out. Um, obviously there's a next-gen car coming next year. So, you know, everything, you know, the number one thing that NASCAR always does is put safety, for, you know, before competition you got to have a car that's safe. you got to have all your equipment that's safe. And, you know, the sport's been very fortunate uh, to not have anything freak or weird happen uh, you know, for, for many, many years, but uh, a lot of that is because of the development and the constant strive to make things better and safer. So um, I, I, I'm thinking my lucky stars every day that I came in the sport when I did. Okay, can we come back up to Holly? You're good. Thank you. Holly Kane, um, with the NASCAR Wire Service Coach. I just wanted to give you the opportunity. I, I know that um, if you wanted to say anything about the ending with Ryan as well, and, and also if you could just talk about you finished last year so strongly in winning the championship and then right out of the gates having this kind of a wonderful start. Well, thank you for letting me say uh, when everything happened at the end of the race, 
I knew that there was a race, but I never even focused over there. I was focusing on our car, and everybody started celebrating around us. So I say to everybody out there, some people may have saw us and said, well, these guys are celebrating when there's a serious issue going on. So hopefully I've, I apologized to everybody, but we really didn't know. We got in the winner's circle, and then that's when people told us later on the winner's circle. So I wanted to explain that to everyone, and it just makes it so hard. Uh, such a close-knit community, you know everybody, and this is one thing, kind of like what Denny was saying, if you think about all the wrecks that we've had over the last, I don't know how many number of years, and some of them look, look real serious, uh, we've been so fortunate. So anyway, I just wanted to say and state that for everybody, that's, that's what took place for us, and so now it's, you know, it's hard, we're all waiting. I think as far as and Stephen, that was uh, Coach Gibbs there, uh, Chris Gapart, Denny Hamlin in the media center there at Daytona International Speedway after he won the 62nd run of the Daytona 500. I thought that was uh, that was a real cool deal there with uh, Ola Kane asking Coach Gibbs that question, and Coach Gibbs answering. They did not know how bad the accident was time, and they were celebrating and. Everybody at Joe Gibbs Racing, Coach Gibbs there, Denny Hamlin's team, they all apologized for not knowing what all was going on. And you can't blame the team, Stephen. You can't blame them because they didn't know. They they won the race. They did not know that the accident was was as severe as it was, Stephen. No, I mean, they didn't. Uh, you know, we've heard from the spotter and we've heard from other people, but you know, the, the spotter just dropped everything he was doing and went down to Ryan Newman's spotter to, to see, you know, what exactly was going on, if he had heard anything. And, um, you know, the crew chief, you know, can only see but so much from where he is. And, uh, you know, the team, you know, it, it, they they were out there celebrating and finally, you know, somebody told Denny what was going on and told him to get off, you know, and, and he left the infield and, and, and just went to victory lane and Coach Gibbs apologized to everybody for for the celebration in light of what was going on. But, you know, again, you can't really blame them at the same time because, you know, we see these accidents at the end of a lot of these super speedway events and people get out of the car. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think, you know, sometimes it looks, you know, we try and compare it to something else and, you know, we say we've seen these same incidents in the past, and uh, Denny was doing what he, what Denny, uh, what Denny and the team, or any team, I think for that matter, regardless, would have been out there celebrating until, you know, the information came to light as to what exactly was going on. So, you know, I think, uh, you know, we really did. Um, you know, you got to credit Joe Gibbs and everybody over there for. Uh, you know, taking light and the sensitivity, the sensitivity of the 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 issue or the uh, the incident at hand, um, and uh, I I didn't I didn't really see where you know I, I Joe Gibbs is a is a guy that he's um, very religious and uh, I I think he you know I I. I applaud him for apologizing, but at the same token, um, I think everybody understood that, 
you know, Denny didn't, well, maybe not at the moment, but now we do, that, you know, Denny didn't know the extent of what was going on. Um, and some, I, I, while I applaud Jogas for apologizing, um, I think he, he did the right thing, and the team did the right thing also. So it's kind of hard to fault one person or really fault anybody um, in, for that matter. Exactly. And Stephen, before we jump out of here, I know you're gonna you're gonna step aside. Uh, you're gonna not be my co-host. I hate to say that, though, brother. Hell, I miss you, but uh, I don't know what I'm gonna be able to do without you. But uh, I'm gonna try to bring you on the show and everything. But uh, I don't want to bring up anything that you don't want to talk about. But just to let our listeners know that you're uh, you're gonna step aside for uh, I don't know a few weeks. Gail, your thoughts and all that stuff. Am I correct, brother? Yeah, I'm gonna stop, stop, you know, you know, for a couple of weeks, and uh, uh, you know, that's uh, you know, I'm uh, yeah, I'm gonna step away for a little while. And fans, just let everybody know, it's nothing serious. Steven's fine. He just gotta step away and take care of a few things. Stephen, before we jump out of here, let everybody know where they can follow you at on social media, your website. And, again, thank you very much for hosting my website, pitstopradio.net. And, uh, like I said, Stephen's fine. He's just going to step aside for a little while and take care of a few things. But, Stephen, let everybody know where they can follow you on social media, bro. You can follow us at Speedway Digest on Twitter, Facebook.com, slash Speedway Digest, and SpeedwayDigest.com. Sounds good, brother. Till AM and the boys, we said hello. And again, I'm Tennis Payne, alongside SpeedwayDigest.com. We'll be signing off from Big Nation. We will talk to you next Tuesday, and I'll try to, I'll try to do it without Stephen. Steven, I don't know if I can, brother. So we will see you next, next Tuesday evening live. From Degan Nation. Cowboy. Cowboy. Well, I'm packing up my game and I'm head out west with real women call me quit with scripts and fake find a nest in the hills, chill like Flint, buy an old drop top, find a box of then I'm a kid, rock it up and down your block, but with a bottle of scotch, you watch lots of buy a yacht with a flag, saying chill in the most, then rock that bitch up and down the coast, give a toast to the sun, drink with the stars, get thrown in the mix and tossed out of bars, fist the Tijuana, I want to Up 
whistle blowing when my train rolls in, it goes. Who like us? 